Hello and welcome back to another episode of Alec Mappa Hot Mess with Matthew Dempsey, psychotherapist. I'm Alec Mappa. I'm an actor and comedian. I live in Hollywood. I just had Botox, so I look younger than springtime. And you look beautiful. I'm Matthew Dempsey. I'm a psychotherapist and multicultural counselor. And we're ready to talk about mental health things. <laughs> <laughs> Are you kind of fatigued with, with everything that's going on right now? I think oh my, yes, I've been fatigued this entire time. Yeah, and the days are getting, I'm getting a little blue. I mean, I've definitely felt my mood. Um, I feel like uh, kind of like a little bit, like a little bit more chill, a little bit more down at times too. Yeah. But interestingly, my mood has been, you know, I think like normally, you know, we have these kinds of like waves in life, right? Like where things yes. are a little bit up, things are a little down, but mine, I feel like has been a little bit more in flux, much more than usual. Mm. I've been paying attention to that. Yeah. Well, it's also your job is to listen to people who are in distress or people who need to unload. And I, I can't imagine yeah. the stress and I don't know how you, how do you decompress from that. Well, you know what's interesting? I've actually never really had too much of a problem with that before. Um, really? You know, I've been, yeah, I've been able to see, you know, 25 clients a week and it's really not been an issue for me. I, I don't really hold on to a lot of stuff. Like I'm very present in the moment Five with clients. Five to six people a day. Yeah. And I don't, yeah. So it's like, if you can imagine, it's like six hours back to back of just being emotional support for people. That normally is totally fine for me. This year, especially kind of during this whole time of COVID, I've been noticing it's been a lot more weight to carry. And so I've been like, I've been feeling that. People are like, I want to die. <laughs> I that well, because like I said, my, like everybody's mood is more in flux than usual. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, I'm having to manage my own. And then I'm having to manage, you know, 24, 25 people a week with their moods far more in flux too. So it's mm. been a lot. I've been doing a whole lot of nothing on the weekends just to really try to recharge. That's good. What have you What have you been doing? I like to think that I'm a very empathetic person. And like after I talk with a friend who's going through, I'm, I'm good at being there for people. Yeah. But afterwards, I do have I have to I have to take a silkwood shower of some kind to, in order to kind of decompress from that. Yeah. Do you know, it's yep. kind of like, so if I had your job seeing five, six people a day, I would have to watch hardcore porn. <laughs> <laughs> 10 hours straight. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm good. I just, I, I'm a light person. I like a lot of light. Um, and I just sunlight. You mean actual sunlight? Sunlight. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, I had an apartment in New York City my freshman year in college that um, I could look at the sky through the breezeway, through the alley. I had yeah. to my head out. And so I had a whole year, maybe maybe 10 months in an apartment that had absolutely no light. And it was the most depressed I've ever been. Uh, you, did you ever do one of those light goggles? No. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes, yes. It's yeah. light therapy. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's those goggles that puts, it's supposed to, you know, kind of, um, yeah, it's supposed to mimic like natural sunlight. And so that's yeah. supposed to actually help produce, uh, you know, kind of more chemicals in your brain to make you. I could have, I could have used that on the East Coast because I, there were, I would always be, I would always go through the winter, like have a lot of plans, like, okay, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to go to yoga. I'm yeah. going to, you know, I'm going to read a lot of books. And then I would just be so like, Ugh. totally. So do you, when things, when things start to get a little bit like heavy for you, or you're just noticing that your mood is more in flux, do you, are you the kind of person that just thinks like, whatever, this is just happening after ride the wave, or do you search for deeper meaning? That's a very good question. <laughs> I'm always searching for the deeper meaning. I'm yeah. always, and then um, uh, sometimes my therapist tells me there's no deeper meaning. You're just tired. <laughs> like, he'll, like. Like I, I, I will, cause I will overthink things. Wait, what kind of therapist says there's no deeper meaning? 
like it's what we do. He's been listening to me yammer on and on for a good 12 years. He's so like, there's nothing more. Just shut up. Yeah. Yeah. No, like, like he'll literally like, I was talking about like, I'm doing this independent film and I was like, um, I, I was saying, you know, uh, it's, it's really low budget. I don't know if a whole lot of people are going to see it. Uh, da, 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 da. And I just kind of went on and on, uh, on, on things that I was concerned about. He's like, stop. Yeah. Stop fun. You get to act. This is a really good part and a really good script. Just, yeah. just have a blast. To not overthink now. it. Yeah. There's definitely a, there's definitely a balance to have. I remember, you know, uh, I was in New York um, for about a decade before I came here and a very close friend of mine who was kind of like a gay mom to me, you know, like, like yeah. this older Jewish guy, his name's Keith. And he used to tell me, cause I would talk about like boys I was dating and all this stuff that I was going through and, you know, kind of wondering like what it was all about. And he was just like, oh, my God. He's like, I'm going to tell you what my father used to tell me. This too shall pass. He's like, you just need to let this, you know, sometimes things happen. You just let it, you know, kind of uh, play itself out. Ride the wave. You don't need to overthink it. He's like, you you and the kids, you and these kids, your generation, you guys, you guys overthink everything. Ah, just let it go. <laughs> so I, and I definitely still think about things and search mm-hmm. for deeper meaning, but I have also learned how to ride more of the wave that sometimes right. you can only do but so much, search for so much meaning. And then beyond that, you have to surrender the need to try and, you know, control everything or predict everything and just ride the wave. Yeah, that well, that's a perspective that comes with age, don't you think? I mean, when you're in your <laughs> 20s and you're young, you really don't have any idea of uh, of decades ahead or time ahead. You're 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 kind of like uh I remember like when I was in my twenties, like this was the only time that was ever going to exist. Right. And so I would think universally, like if, um, if I didn't have a boyfriend, it's like, I'm never going to have a boyfriend. Right. Or, you know, yeah. I think you, I think also I'll speak for myself is that as I've gotten older, I've realized how much adults don't necessarily have it figured out. Right. That we all, mm-hmm. we all still go through shit. It's just that we've learned how to manage it or accept it, not have to necessarily, yeah. you know, spin our wheels to make it go away immediately. That's a very empowering thing. Nobody yeah. knows anything. What do you think? Okay, so if we're talking about finding, <laughs> if we're talking about trying to at least kind of know more or find deeper meaning, yes. what's been some of the deeper meaning that you've considered for like this whole year? And for I- this year, uh, the deeper meaning is um, I'm I, I'm a performer and I need a lot. And this is going to segue into our, our yes. guest, and our wonderful guest, Charles Phoenix, because he's a live performer like myself yes. and we've had our legs cut off from under us. I mean, I've... I've had to do a lot of zoom on cabarets and everything and um having to be without an audience and having to be without the affirmation of a job or anything has really made me kind of like what's my intrinsic value as a human being yeah what is my value as a person with my income less with my uh, status in los angeles a little less you know it, it it's like I'm I'm really zeroing in on my value. What do I bring to the table? And and I bring a lot as as a husband, as a father, as as a lover, um, <laughs> as as a sex symbol. You know, how it is. And, um, <laughs> as, a, as a swimsuit model, I yeah. I've had to find my <laughs> own currency as just another human being on the planet. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, I agree because it's because it really is easy for us. I think especially for us in, in, you know, American culture where there's so much emphasis placed on how much you can hustle and how hard you can work and, you know, how much you can, you know, kind of pump out in terms of productivity, all of that stuff. I mean, it's so, you know, kind of, you know, woven into the, the fabric of our culture and our society. And so, 
to have this moment happen where it's the universe is like, sit the fuck down and you can't mm-hmm. do all the things that you wanted to do before. And now how are you going to feel? You know, if you don't have these things to lean on, these things that, by the way, are external to us, they're things that we do, right? They're not who we are. And mm-hmm. so when, when we're forced to have to just confront who we are in the absence of all that other shit that we would, you know, kind of grasp onto to try to feel like we're enough. Then it's kind of like, oh God, like, how do I actually feel about myself? And so I'll be honest with you. There's been parts of that for, for me too, where I've had to be like, who am I if I'm not, you know, pumping out more content, you know, which I could do by the way, but like, if I'm not producing as much, I just don't yeah. have the, and en- I don't have the energy for it after seeing right. a week's worth of clients. I don't have the energy to keep pumping out more content. So I don't. And then there's moments where it's like, oh God, if I'm not, you know, having, you know, social media validate me and tell me that like my thoughts are, you know, smart or whatever, it's just, then what? And so it's like, I've noticed my mood influx in part, I believe because of that. And, and I think, or at least the way that I positively frame that is that this is an opportunity for me to grow, that these are growing pains where I'm grieving the loss of the need for that shit in the way that I used to grasp onto it Mm -hmm. so that I can feel more secure and steady within myself. I know. And then when you get to a place where you don't need it, it's an extremely liberating thing to arrive at understanding that I'm not what I have. I'm not what I do. Yes. I'm, I'm a pretty fabulous person. I mean, I think what all of this has forced us to do is, is think about how we feel about ourselves. Yeah, I agree. And you know what, Matthew? We're saving the world. I mean, honestly. I mean, we're doing the Lord's work. We're doing the Lord's work. Every week on this program, (laughs) we save the world one hot mess at a time. (laughs) We do. We do. With the two of us and all of our guests. This is Jess Betancourt, the host of DNA ID, the only true crime podcast that exclusively covers cases solved using forensic genealogy. DNA ID goes behind the headlines to answer your questions about this remarkable new crime-solving tool, how it works, how cases are selected, why the cases were unsolved for so long, and how the justice system is addressing it. I include input from law enforcement to give you the inside scoop that we all crave with a straightforward, no-nonsense delivery. You can find DNA ID on any podcast platform. Episodes come out weekly on Mondays. Maybe we should just go ahead and bring our next guest in because we are excited about our guest, especially what we're talking about today. He's an American pop culture humorist, historian, author, and chef whose work explores and celebrates classic and kitschy American life and style. He's spent the last 20 years on the road performing his one-man comedy show, which celebrates all things American pop culture. He has a series on YouTube, which we love, called Joyride, celebrating space-age classic cars. He has a new coffee table book out called Holiday Jubilee, which has a lot of cool stuff and fun party recipes, including his most famous recipe, which got a huge cult following, the Charpumple. (laughs) 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 That sounds like something from the Urban Dictionary, which it's not. I'm not going to... Turn this dark, uh, which is a pie. The chapumple is a pie stuffed cake. He said he created to save paper plates at his family holiday. <laughs> what a clever cuss. He's a style and design expert, a creative force of nature. And he's here today to talk about reinventing yourself during these challenging times. Please welcome our friend, Charles Phoenix. Yay. Yay. Thank you. <laughs> so uh, you've been you've been on the road for 20 years doing your show your retro show on the on the space age cars and and what has this year been like for you well you know after you know 20 years of kind of doing you know building up a business building building up a following 
um, you know, it kind of got to the point like, you know, I don't know, five years ago where I'm like, okay, this is good. I've reached a level. I've done some things. I've, you know, I've been on Food Network and a few other shows mm-hmm. on TV and it's like kind of gotten to a level. Okay. And then I'm like, okay, but eh, what now? It's like kind of going around the same merry-go-round, a lot of the same gigs year after year. Yeah. And then, so then this happened, mm-hmm. you know, like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um, so, you know, the big storm hit and I thought, okay, then this means like all that is kind of like just a memory. Mm-hmm. And now I have the luxury of reinventing. Yeah. So I kind of took it like that right from the start. And, you know, I mean, I'm a little surprised how undepressed I've been this whole time. <laughs> I mean, I have really, well, I'm not kind of a depressed person necessarily. I'm, I was born a Pollyanna, which is an optimistic person. Mm-hmm. So that has helped me. And, um, but I've kind of just taken this time to realize, you know, this is, this is like, I'm going to take the bull by the horns and take this opportunity to reinvent and get in touch with my creativity. I mean, I was kind of telling a lot of the same stories over and over, you know, different venues around the country and everything. And I mean, it was fine and I loved it all. And it was great and amazing people and experiences and all that and traveling love. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But it was kind of going around the merry-go-round again and again and again, it was beginning to get a little old. So as I said, when this all happened, boom, I'm like, okay, we're, we're, we now can immediately, can immediately to. day one, you were like, yes, this is what I've been searching for. And then I reinvent or what happened? Well, immediately. I mean, the first thing I'm like, you know, like everybody else, like what, what is this? Like, what like, the fuck? You know, it's like, you know, yeah, exactly. <laughs> what the fuck, what is going on here? So, you know, you kind of get the vibe a little bit. The first thing I did is like, okay, if I'm going to stay home, what am I going to do? What can I do? I'm going to start painting. Right. I'm going to start painting. I haven't painted for a while. So oh. I, painted a, I painted a couple paintings and it's just like one creative project. I mean, creativity, 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 right. be creative. Right. I also said, to my housekeeper, which I've been, you know, lucky enough to have a housekeeper for a long time. I said, you know, you can't come over now because, you know, we're not like kind of, you know, right. doing mm. that kind of stuff. So I learned how, I mean, I started like, like vacuuming and I'm like, oh my God, I cannot believe what a pleasure it is to see things like get sucked up in a vacuum. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. You know, and even like washing the dishes, like, oh, that spaghetti sauce comes off that plate so beautifully. You know, it's yeah. like, I, I just kind of went there. You know, and I, I'm, I've kind of embraced it, really. So, yeah, I mean, it's it can be, I mean, there are days when you're like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to starve to death. I'm going to be kicked out on the street, you know, all that kind of stuff. But, you know, it's like small goals. And, and you know, I have been so distracted by the ability to think about reinventing. And for me, reinventing means like having to funnel everything that I do through digital content. Mm. And, you know, I'm not necessarily like super digitally inclined, even though I can do it and I do do it. But it's like there was all this onslaught of new things that I had to learn. And I'm like, ah, and then I'm thinking to myself, do I want to just is my life, everything that I do, everything that I put out there, like, is it all just going to have to funnel through the the computer and through my iPhone and all that? Is that what I want? Is this our (laughs) lives now? Yeah. You know, is this it? Is this it? And then. So it's like finding that balance then and kind of, you know, I was a little bit of a deer in the headlights for a while. I'm, you know, I mean, I know, you know, I'm like everyone, I know how to do certain things, but learning new stuff on, on digital realms and platforms is not necessarily my, my joy in life. Yeah. 
Um, but it's like, if I want to succeed now, I'm going to have to learn it. So darn it anyway, shoot. If I didn't just dive in and I, I got this project, someone said, okay, I'm going to, you're going to do this uh, video documentary of Palm Springs. Oh. And I'm like, well, I think I can do that. Okay, I'll do it. Okay. I mean, it was money. Right. So I'm yeah. like, yeah, it's a gig. So I thought I just dove, dove. I don't say dove. I dove right <laughs> in. I like it. to make words up. Yeah. I dove right in and did it. And I learned so much. So it's like, you know, it's a challenge. It's a challenge. It's time is challenging. Yeah. yeah. But it's fine. It's fine, fine, fine. We human beings are up to this. I also look at it as a speck in time. I mean, I look at broad picture. Mm. I like take myself off of the earth and, and mm -hmm. float way up there. and just Yeah, RuPaul calls that Google Earth it. If you, you have a Google Earth perspective of things. Exactly. And I just think this is a speck in time. This will pass. You know, I mean, is it challenging? Yes. Are a lot of people hurting? Yes. But, you know, we're not the first culture or society or whatever we are yeah. to live through tough times. I mean, no. you know, and the other thing is like we've all, you know, like, I used to go out like every night, practically. Like I've got this restaurant, these friends, those people go over to their house, you know, whatever, swing from the trees, mm -hmm. whatever. And, and it's like, I never hardly stayed home, but I have really learned to enjoy staying home. Oh, I always love staying home. So this has been paradise for me. <laughs> I'm, I'm always the one, you know, that t-shirt, like, I'm sorry, I'm late. I didn't want to come. That's me. <laughs> I love staying home. Now, you do sound very optimistic and energetic and, and, and your, your fascination with mid-century, it, it kind of is in line with that because it was a very, um, well, style-wise, a very optimistic time. You know, it's all about the space age and 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 and, and modern innovation. Uh, where did that uh, interest come from? Is that something you always had? Well, on the surface, yes, it was very optimistic for sure. I mean, it's I always surface. say um, like space age, mid-century style, not mid-century values. So mm -hmm. let's not yeah. use that. Yeah. I mean, that's become a little bit of a thing lately. Yeah. But, um, you know, I grew up on a used car lot in Ontario, California. My dad was a used car dealer. Yeah. So when I was about, you know, this high, the tail fins on the, like, rocket ship-styled cars of the late 50s and early 60s mm. were about the height of me. And I was like, you know, I think I, you know, I'm feeling something from this crazy style of this comic book styling on this car. And I, I love it. So it just kind of stayed with me. And then for whatever strange odd reason, watching the Sonny and Cher show, which was a huge treat in the early 70s when I was a kid, mm -hmm. I, I thought I want to be a designer. That's it. want to be a fashion designer. So, and then I started getting into architecture and just kind of furniture design. I started thrift shopping at the age of 14, which I, you know, I kind of just instinctively knew when I started thrift shopping that this was an education in style mm -hmm. and design and a great way for me to study the underbelly of our mass consumerism culture, which I did. So um, I, I'm just, I really love the style and design of that era, but it's not just that era. I'm also a child of Disneyland, having grown up in Southern California. So themed environments speak to me, yeah. you know, and I get going from one, like if you go to someone's house and they have like a, you know, their tiki bar, and then you go into their, you know, living room and it's like Western ranch. You're like, this feels totally natural to me. Yeah. <laughs> so I like hyper style. That's one of the reasons I love Palm Springs so much. You mentioned uh, Palm Springs, Alex. Yeah, I know Palm Springs. Like I love it there. I love it. I love Palm Springs. Is Do you have that store? Is that store your store? What the store? Palm there's, there's, there's that Palm Springs retro store. I know exactly the one you're talking about. No, right? that's not Charles. There's a bunch of them. There's, that's it not Charles, but yeah. 
No, I don't have a store in Palm Springs. No, um, I'm not a retailer. I love, <laughs> well, I love Palm Springs. Charles, I'm so happy there. Yeah, I love, I love hearing about all the ways that you were able to frame everything, like during this entire year, how you were able to, you know, find ways of reinventing yourself, you know, enjoy the vacuuming and cleaning off the spaghetti sauce on your dishes and be able to really find like the positive stuff. And to be honest with you, there's a part of me that feels like a little bit of like shame hearing about it. Like, what the fuck am I doing wrong? You know, like what? What do you mean? Well, I mean, just like a little bit of um, like, it just sounds like you were like, grab the bull by the horns. I feel great. This is how I'm going to think about things. I'm going to dive into creativity. And all of that does sound very um, a, like appealing. And it sounds like it's been really helpful. Don't worry. I have woken up a few nights at four o'clock in the morning going like, you know, what if I use all my savings? What if I use, mm. you know, what if I use all that up? I mean, yeah, my income has taken a drastic hit, yeah. but it's like, okay, I'm fortunate enough not to be like on the street yeah. and, you know, I'm creative. I'll figure this out, but I'm embracing the challenge. Yeah. And I'm also not really grieving over, you know, kind of the way that we're all going to evolve. I mean, you know, nothing ever stays the same. So mm -hmm. yeah, we got kind of a big boom hit of everything's going to evolve a little bit or many things are going to evolve, but that's okay. Yeah. Because it's kind of like the world's, the universe's way of saying like, okay, yeah. Hold on, everybody. Mm -hmm. We're going to have to make a few changes here. Because, you know, I mean, as I said, my life as it was going, I mean, I thought I was completely happy and satisfied and everything and everything was going fine. At the same time, I told you that in my creative life, I was like kind of going around the merry-go-round and doing the same kind of creative thing. But now I get the chance to reinvent. That was thrilling to me as a creative person. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's nobody that's living on this planet that isn't creative, no matter what. If it's even just making macaroni and cheese for dinner, that's creative. Yeah, totally. You know, so it's like kind of gives us the opportunity to kind of rethink the way we do and kind of, you know, you guys said it in the beginning, kind of reassess our values. I mean, what's important? What's important to us? Yeah. You know, so I think we've all kind of gotten a little bit of a wake up call to kind of really figure that out. And I think it's, you know, ultimately, are we in the middle of the storm still? Yes. But ultimately, is it going to be, are we going to come out on the other side kind of a little more figured out? Yeah. I, I certainly hope so. I mean, I'm going to come out evolved no matter what. Definitely. And I'll, I'm going to, I'm crossing over I to a new crossing over. over. I'm yes. serious. <laughs> I actually, I kind of believe the same thing. And I, and I do operate from a very similar perspective around how to think about things in positive terms. You know, I, I think about pain and, and discomfort as, you know, a reflection of growth that's happening and all of these opportunities that are here. Um, and so I've been diving into that. And a thing that I remember, um, a thing that was kind of cycling through a lot of, at least like a lot of like social media, like shared posts and things was this concept of like toxic positivity. And that caught my eye because I am so overwhelmingly invested into positive perspectives. And so I'm just like, oh shit, what are, what's everybody talking about? And the way that toxic positivity has continued to be described over and over again, that seems to be resonating with a lot of people is this concept of, you know, all this positive thinking and, and this is all good and everything's going to be okay and we're going to grow to the detriment of acknowledging our emotional experience at the same time. Okay. And so right. that is, but that's been something that, you know, kind of clicked with me because I was paying attention because I'm trying to find my own balance with, I don't, I don't want to snuff my emotion, but I do want to really dive and keep diving into the, into the positive perspective. So how have you found that balance for yourself? Well, those of us who are kind of hardwired to be optimistic, it's it's a lot easier to kind of see things in that. I don't like to use the word toxic because for me, it's survival. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, I think I, I kind of hardwired myself as a child 
to be to look at the positive side of things mm-hmm. for survival mm-hmm. and it and it's still the same thing for me i mean i have you know been a little depressed a couple of times mm-hmm. a few times it usually happens early in the morning like around you know four or five six mm-hmm. when i wake up mornings can be the toughest but um you know i just kind of set, set a little goal it's like today i'm gonna do x whatever x is like paint a painting or or just do a project around the house mm-hmm. and or clean out the closet, which, you know, okay, I'm not going to get rid of this shirt. I haven't worn it in 15 years, but it's so cute. No. Okay. It's going back in the closet. No, 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 no. Give it away. Give it away. I mean, trying to evolve and push forward. I mean, little projects every day, little goals. I mean, that's how I started little goals around the house yeah. and little goals around the house kind of, you know, boosted up, boasted little, up, boosted and little up. Goals are doable. You're not setting yourself up for, for failure. I think. Yeah. That- and you know, it's even better if you call them goalettes because it's more fun to say goal-let, the goalette than goal. Goal, like when I Micro walk in the morning, I've also started walking and I'm like, kind of like, okay, I mean, I'm not a sporty person, so I don't play sports or whatever. Um, the only thing I can do well is roller skate, but I don't roller skate um, much. But um, I've started walking around the neighborhood and just looking at the architecture of the houses and the, and the flowers and the trees and just like, you know, walk, 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 walk. And, and I've realized in walking, I've learned how to walk and I've never learned how to walk in my life before. And the way mm-hmm. to learn how to walk is not to focus on like, I'm so bored walking because I don't like walking because walking is boring. No, look around you. Mm-hmm. There's beauty everywhere. Mm-hmm. You know, even if it's right around the block, I mean, next door, that tree, those leaves are stunning, you know, and that, that weird blossom on that plant. I've never seen that before. Ah, you know, what yeah. kind of, that looks prehistoric. Oh, how interesting. I have I a little dinosaurs. You know, it's like, don't focus on the walking. Think about your surroundings. Focus on things around you. Little things right in your neighborhood. So walking has been a huge thing for yeah. me. I have learned to walk. I've even learned to walk up like in LA where there's a lot of hills. Mm-hmm. So now I'm just walking up hills and I've trained myself. I've disciplined my brain mm-hmm. to actually not focus on like, oh, I'm so out of breath. Huh. No, 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 no. <laughs> I focus on, I think about something. I think about something. I distract myself uh-huh. by thinking about, you know, I don't know, the history of Nilla wafers or something while I'm walking up the... <laughs> I don't know why. I'm I think I about- saw the Ken Burns documentary on that. <laughs> Thank you. Exactly. Um, no, I, I just think about different things. So, I mean, instead of focusing on myself when I'm walking, I'm focusing on the beauty of the world. Are there Nilla wafers in Trapumples? No, there's oh, not. The Trapumple the Chirpumple is my pie stuffed cake. Cherry, pumpkin, and apple. Those are the three oh, pies baked into Cherry, the three layers. Cherry, pumpkin, apple. Walk, walk is, is, is that like a sweet take on the uh, turducken? Basically, yes, oh, okay. totally. Gotcha. You walk, totally walk got through it. the assemblage of the chirpumple. How to make a chirpumple? It takes three days. Um, basically, what you do is you have to get frozen pies. You get a cherry, apple, and a pumpkin, mm-hmm. and you bake those. You let them set overnight and kind of firm up. And then you put the next day. You get your three batters: your spice, your white, your yellow. And you put a little bit of batter in the about a half inch of batter in the bottom of the cake pan. You detin your pie very carefully. So try not to break it. It's, you know, you can do it. Mm-hmm. And then you put it in there. You kind of smash it down, put a little more batter on top. You bake it and then let it sit overnight. Well, take it out of the pan after it kind of firms up a little. Let it sit overnight, put it in the refrigerator. And then you stack and frost with cream cheese frosting. That is the chirpumple. Cherry pumpkin Holy apple. Three pies man. stuffed into three layers of cake. Wow. And when you serve your chirpumple. Yeah. You gather everyone around, and if your chirpumple has begun to fall, fail, or hemorrhage <laughs> in any way, mm-hmm. if cherry that's the title, that's the title of Alex's memoir. Yes, <laughs> my, my hemorrhaging chirpumple. 
Exactly. No, you <laughs> celebrate the fact that it's performing for you. So, and you gather everyone around and you get a knife, you hold it up like this and you wave it in the air and well you tell said. people, you tell people what it is, yes. you explain it. And then you go right in it and you cut it, not, not to hack it up, but try to be, but it's, we're no longer cutting cakes like our grandmothers, all poison, yeah. proper and dignified. Yeah. Out. No. no. Cutting a cake means waving a knife in the air and shouting and then like yeah. right into the cake. And then you serve it. People will run away screaming. <laughs> they will. But then they'll come back and they'll eat it up. It's, it's, it's fun. <laughs> so what I'm trying to say is, is you make a moment out of it. You make a memory out of it. You turn it into an event. Yeah. That's why cake was invented in the first place, is to be a moment. I mean, it's no longer just saying, oh, hell, here's a piece of cake. No. Gather around, everybody. <laughs> you know, it's like turn oh, it into totally. a moment. I it think, reminds me. I think what I keep hearing from you and, and all the things that you're talking about, of just kind of like how you approach life and then especially really getting to use that this year is just total mindfulness and just being present in the moment, mm -hmm. being able to put positive spins on. Yeah. But just really, really being present for every single little thing and whatever joy it is that you can take from the moment and having that be your focus. And that's really been effective for you. Yeah. I mean, being a visual kind of a person, um, you know, focusing on, you know, finding whatever's beautiful mm -hmm. around you, wherever you are, you know, what, where's the beauty here? So, you know, okay, I'll admit it. I'm kind of disciplined my brain to think that way. And, it, you know, it was a little bit of a process. I mean, I was kind of naturally hardwired that mm -hmm. way, but then I kind of developed that process of finding the beauty wherever I am mm -hmm. and pointing it out to people. And it's like, I kind of, that's what I do, basically. I mean, my shtick on stage revolves around like mid-century um, life and style because it's easy to do the mid-century stuff because everything's like colorful and cars mm -hmm. have big fins mm -hmm. and houses have roof lines that go like that right. and the washing machine is called a speed queen you know I mean <laughs> it's a lot of fun stuff yeah. and and you can really have fun with it it's cheerful right it's cheerful yeah. exactly exact mundo yes <laughs> it's, cheerful. it's cheerful so that's the thing and you know people respond to um enthusiasm and, you know, I'll never forget when I first started doing my shows in Hollywood, like, you know, a while, a long time ago, some lady came up to me after the show and she said, you know, we love, we love the stuff you're talking about. We love it. Mm -hmm. But what we love more than that is your enthusiasm for it. Mm -hmm. And that hit me like a ton of bricks. I never forgot that because, you know, enthusiasm is a very valuable commodity. And, and it just, you know, it just is. And, you know, the other thing is, you know, speaking of how people are coping and how I'm coping, how you're coping, how everyone else is coping. I mean, I have several friends that I've had to talk off the ledge. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, that's a reality. I mean, some yeah. people, this is yeah. a lot harder than others. Am I, am I practicing social distance? I mean, the best I can within reason, course, yes. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's like, I think I'm being very responsible. I think people in Los Angeles in general, at least in the arenas that I'm experiencing, yeah. which isn't a ton because I haven't been doing my usual of going like, you know, to that side of town, that part of town, downtown, uptown, side town. Right. I mean, I've hardly gone anywhere, yeah. really. I mean, I've gone a few places and I see people, um, but not that much. And it's all outside. So, um, but my point was what? I forgot. Driving movie theaters. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. You can and go to the drive Wait, am I... Can I just, am I saying too much? Am I talking too much? No, no, good. We're fine. Oh, okay. I wanted to say, you can do things too. You can go like drive-through culture yeah. has never been more appreciated. So yeah. I'm not talking about any drive-through. I'm talking about classic drive-throughs. If you want to go to the absolute ultimate drive-through experience 
in the known universe, right. there is a donut shop in La Puente, Southern California. Mm-hmm. La Puente. Mm-hmm. You drive through the donut. Yeah. Your, your car drives through the donut to get a donut. Oh, there you go. Right through the donut. Yeah. Go do that. Yes. Go do that. What, it's a destination. It's near the original <laughs> In-N-Out Burger. Go drive through the in, uh, original In-N-Out Burger. And if you're going to be home, you, the other thing you can do is you can binge watch all, I mean, you can learn about classic Hollywood films that you think you should have seen right. or you, you should have seen. I've been Watch doing them. That. Everyone's watching like Hello, Dolly and on totally, a clear yeah, see forever. Yeah. We've never appreciated Barbara Streisand's like, you know, brilliance more. What's Up Doc is a great comedy. So I just that. talked about that movie last night to my boyfriend. <laughs> he never it's heard hysterical. of it. It's <laughs> so good. Charles, we would be amiss if we did not talk about your book, Holiday Jubilee. Um, your new coffee table book. And there it is, as colorful and cheerful as can be. You know what? I love all those horrifying old, like, um, um, ads from the Ladies' Home Journal from the 50s, where it's like tuna in a jello mold or something. It's like there was an era in America where they were like, everybody wanted to put fish in a jello mold. Well, jello, jello is a funny thing. People run away screaming from jello now, at least in Southern California. Other parts of the United States, I think they still eat it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, jello, people here got freaked out because they all realized collectively as a society, it's made from Horse horses, meat. hooves, and, well, I, I guess we shouldn't say that because it might not be made. No, it's made from parts. Yes. Parts unknown, parts, un- uh, parts undesirable. Yeah. Uh, not horses, cows, and probably <laughs> pigs. So they do um, have yeah, vegan gelatin, gelatin now, by the way, just so everybody they, they do, do have they do have vegan gelatin. I mean, that was the whole thing with well, that ruins everything. Those gelatins out of meats <laughs> and awful, et cetera, and so forth. So, why do you think that fascination happened in the 50s of putting everything into a well, gelatin? like everything else, jello is a very colorful product, and everything in the mid century era is like color pumped and like you know, kind of like cartoon styled. So that's that, you know, that helped. I mean, I, I personally, you know, I wouldn't mind having some Jello, especially if it, have, if it has like Cool Whip in it. I love Jello, Jello and Cool Whip, I, or Jello with fruit cocktail in it. What kind of recipes are in the Holiday Jubilee? Well, I, I do have a Jello recipe in there. It's actually not really edible because it's a Jello Christmas tree made in a traffic cone mold. I used a traffic cone as the mold, a clean new traffic cone, and I put lights in it so you plug it in and hope not to get electrocuted. So yeah, it's like you get to see how Jello conducts light from within. It's wonderful. But there's all kinds of recipes. The chipotle is in there. I do a fried cereal, which is delicious. It's like Chex Mix, only using cereals. All the puff cereals, like ah. um, uh, Fruit Loops and um, like Sugar Pops and, and all and Apple Jacks. How and, does how do you serve fried cereal? Well, it's absolutely divine. Believe me. What you do is you melt salted butter in a pan. I'm looking for the recipe. You had right me here. at salted butter. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's so good. Seriously, it's really, really good. It's. Um, Do you serve it like Chex Mix? Like yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. Well, now you have to serve it individually. But yeah, you can use Apple Jacks, Captain Crunch, Fruit Loops, Tricks, Honeycombs, Corn Pops, and Lucky Charms. Take the Mar bits. Those are the little marshmallow yeah, things yeah. out of the Lucky Charms. Take those out first, and then put them on top later. But anyway, you you basically just melt the butter and stir the cereal around until it just is all coated. Mm. And for some strange odd reason, when you saute the puff cereals, the classic puff cereals, as I mentioned, like, you know, um, Captain Crunch is one of them, um, and Fruit Loops. I mean, when you put them together all together and they're salted buttered, I mean, mm. it, somehow the Sweet butter- savory. It's delicious. Mm. It's, like, it's like when you eat cereal with whole milk, only it's better, it's like cream. 
It's the best thing you've ever had. It's absolutely delicious. So that's one recipe in there. I mean, there's a Halloween meatloaf of rat is in here. Ooh. A tiki turkey Thanksgiving dinner where I made all the dishes like tiki eyes, mm-hmm. um, exotic. It's it's it, there's a lot in this book. It's a really really fun book. So I love holiday butter. jubilee. When we were kids and we'd bake Rice Krispie treats with the marshmallows and Ooh, the butter. And, and it all melts Krispies and comes together. That's, nothing that's better. That's a magical yeah. moment. That There's nothing magical. better than Rice Krispie Delicious. treats. Thank you, Rice Krispies. Wow. There's just so much. I, I love, I'm pumped up with your enthusiasm. I, you know, because my thing is always about keeping the balance. I, I don't think being enthusiastic and optimistic and acknowledging where you're at are mutually exclusive. Right. Do you know, I think what Matthew, when you were talking about um, the toxic positivity, as it were, it's it's kind of like acknowledging where you're at and the feelings and what's actually going on mm-hmm. while while you're, you're talking yourself to a better place. The acknowledgement of your feelings or, you know, however small or big yeah. is is an essential ingredient because I've I've been in full on optimistic mode at the expense of. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not acknowledging any sadness or grief at all. And then, you know, it just leaks out of me at some point. Yes. Yeah, I don't want to paint. I don't want to be unrealistic about it. But, you know, I and it, and it was a little process. I mean, we've been in this for a while now. Mm-hmm. So we've had a while to digest it. So the way we're thinking about this and us now is if for me at least different than it was three months ago sure. different than it was six months ago. It really is. I mean, I've had to kind of like, you know, look around and go like, ah, 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 okay, what am I going to do now? Ah. You know, I, I have, has there been some fear? Absolutely. Mm. But, you know, it's like I have disciplined myself to think of, you know, to realize many things about life in general. Like around six years ago, for example, I woke up one day and I went, oh, I get it. Life isn't a fairy tale. Oh, mm. why, did this, why did it take so long for that to occur to me? You know, it's like I thought life was a fairy tale for a long, long time. And then I thought, what an idiot I was. You know, so it's like, you know, it's like I've disciplined myself to kind of think about things in certain ways. So, yes, it has been a process to get to this point. But at this point in this pandemic, mm-hmm. I am, you know, I'm kind of like kind of put the puzzle pieces together in such a way that I've built a new house, mm-hmm. if you will, a new mm-hmm. house of my own thinking. I mean, I've had to rearrange everything. So it's taken a while, but we're not talking about this pandemic situation six months ago. We're talking about it six, seven or whatever months it is in. Mm-hmm. So uh, my thought process is very different now. I mean, it's taken me a while to kind of build up, you know, the areas of like put that, you know, put all the thought process there, you know, figure it out, figure mm-hmm. my new reality out. And I still haven't figured it out. But what I figured out is that I can figure it out. Yeah, I think you know yeah. that I can go forward. My, and I would say, as somebody who I know that you're, you know, saying uh, that you self-identify as, this, you know, um, hardwired for being optimistic. As somebody who uh, I would say is a little bit more towards the end of the kind of emotional end of the spectrum on things, that I'm so much more of a feeler and always have been a feeler. And it's been a challenge for me through life to be able to develop more of my ability to think through things and to add that other layer of, you know, kind of optimistic perspective and all of that. Um, Mm -hmm. For me to be able to develop that, I've been able to arrive at a place where I've been overwhelmingly optimistic and have been able to really do all the self-care things like meditation and gratitude journals and affirmations and be vulnerable with other people and put a positive spin on everything. And also still at times, again, just for me, where I've been struggling with emotion too. 
Um, and no, and being able to recognize that for me, a positive, a, a positive framing on things means that I can understand, you know, kind of a way of looking at things in a really optimistic way. And also still being able to find that balance again for myself to know that it's okay to struggle with that. And especially I think for, for people like me who really do feel things very deeply, the way that I've been able to positively frame that is that's just the cost of admission for being an empath of this world. That's the cost of admission for being able to connect with other people in incredibly deep and meaningful ways. You don't have to stop giving a shit, Matthew. You have to stop caring about people. (laughs) (laughs) What a damn for you. you All all of this for that. I love it. What I love, Charles, what you said was like, you figured out that you can figure it out. Right. That that is a very- Exactly. Because it's it's not about a static destination. It's we're always in the process of trying to figure things out. And like when you said that life is a fairy tale, life wasn't a fairy tale. I mean, that was my rude awakening in my 20s that- oh my gosh, bad things happen. Bad things happen to good people. And you have to find some way to recover and grieve and move on and acknowledge. And, and it's it's just a continuing process of growth as long as we're alive on this planet. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love traditions. I do like, you know, family traditions and different mm-hmm. things like that. But And it's important, I think. Traditions are very important, but it's also important to invent new ones and to evolve. I mean, the most satisfying moments of my life is when I learn something new or have a new experience. I mean, if we, if we are, and you can have that new experience like around the corner from your house, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm not talking about in the alley either, by the way. (laughs) I don't know what you're talking about. Whatever. I'm just saying we've got to move forward. Absolutely. Absolutely. I agree. Charles Phoenix, where can people find you on, on the social media? Well, I'm on Instagram underscore Charles Phoenix. If you search Charles Phoenix on Facebook, I'm there. On YouTube, you can search Charles Phoenix Joyride and charlesphoenix.com. And your book is now available wherever fine books are sold. It's well, Char- I don't know about that because fine books are hardly sold anywhere except, <laughs> except for Amazon and my website, charlesphoenix.com. Holiday Jubilee <laughs> is, is such a beautiful looking book. I want it. It's absolutely cheerful. Thank you for all your enthusiasm today. And I Thank you. ask our guests to end with a hot message of the day on the Hot Mess podcast. Can you pass on any uh, a message of your enthusiasm or your positive energy to our listeners today? Yes, I can. I just want to say, like, embrace the ability that you have to move forward, to reinvent, rethink, reboot, redo, restore. Look around your world. Look around just the room you're in. And if you want to just rearrange things or whatever, do it. I mean, it's time to rearrange our lives. It's time to reflect and really figure out what's important to us and to find the beauty around us everywhere we go and share it. Point it out to people. Thank you, Charles. Thank Thank you you so much for being on the show. Thank you, guys. Wow, Matthew. Enthusiasm. Yes, I love enthusiasm. Yeah, I do too. I he like he had more energy than I I I have today. Yes, he made me want to make an effort. <laughs> yeah. He made me want to make a uh, Jello Christmas tree with lights in it. That actually does sound appealing to me. Chirpumple. And a chirpumple. What's your hot message of the day? Uh, I think my hot message of the day is it's okay to not be okay. That if we're struggling with maybe kind of you know more challenging emotions. Um, that that's okay. That doesn't mean that you're not being positive. It just might mean that you're, you know, more of a deeper feeler of the world and put a positive and spin on forever. things. Yeah, and it doesn't last forever. Ride that wave. Yeah. I'm, I'm a feeler too. <laughs> I have feelings. Um, I, it's, 
I have I have a lot of feelings on things. And I think it's really just about finding balance. Yes. I have to remind myself also that feelings aren't facts. Right. Yes. Very and true. just because you feel one day this this sense of sadness or whatever you're feeling or hopelessness or whatever you're going through right now, it's not gonna be forever. Mm-hmm. So um, uh, take a tip for our dialectical behavioral therapy and ride the wave. <laughs> if you feel mad about something, let yourself feel mad. If you feel sad about something, it's all valid. It's all part of part and parcel of the human experience. Yes, I would agree with that. Where can we find you on your social? You can find me at MJ Dempsey Psych on Instagram and Twitter and Matthew J. Dempsey Psychotherapy on Facebook. You can find me at Alec Mappa on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And you can find us both at the Hot Mess Pod on Twitter and Instagram. We love hearing from you. We've already done a program where we answered questions from all of you. We love hearing from you. Don't forget to download and subscribe. This is a podcast that we really enjoy doing and talking about our feelings for people. (laughs) And we love saving the world one hot mess at a time. Tune in next week and we'll have more fun. Bye-bye. This podcast has been produced by Stage 29 Productions for entertainment purposes only. The contents of this podcast does not constitute medical or professional advice, do not reflect the opinions of this company, any of its parent companies, affiliates, subsidiaries, promotional sponsors, or advertising agencies. The views expressed by the hosts and guests are their own, and their appearance on the program does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity they represent. For more information, please go to stage29.tv.